0: Star Wars Meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Quai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the galactic war machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and enlist today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story, available for free on Apple
1: Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. And actually, if you're watching this one, this is my son, Nova. Say hi, Nova. Oh, say hi. With your words. He's waving to the screen. So if you're watching, you can see him on the screen. Uh, today we have, uh, you know, Matthew Klein, the writer of Crashing over at IDW to talk about the book, as well as other things going on at PRH, Penguin Random House, where he spends his day job as a senior or as the sales manager for Penguin Random House's comics division, uh, as well as we talked a little bit more about the entire comic book industry uh, right here on Capes and Tights podcast on capesandtights.com. Enjoy, everybody. Typically, I say welcome to the podcast, Matthew, but welcome back to the podcast. How about that one? Does that work? I am so
0: excited to be back. So thank you for having me,
1: and thank you for taking the time out of your day to actually talk to me. We were supposed to do this last week. Is everything okay with the kitten caddy, kitten, gave- kitten cat, 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 whatever?
0: So my cat gave us a scare. So okay. my my adorable cat, whose name is Rogue, named after the X Men character,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, not named by us, named by their her previous owner. Okay. but she's got kidney disease, and mm-hmm. she's she's almost fifteen years old now. And she gave us a little bit of a scare where she wasn't eating and she was very lethargic. And when you have a, a cat with a chronic kidney disease, you have to take all that stuff very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so the vets like bring them in.
1: No, we're yeah. like, oh no.
0: Um. So so that was my that was my unexpected uh detour. But she's okay. She's doing good. Thank you for yeah. asking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. Hey, are you you're in? Are you in New York? So we were. Yeah. Is it a I'm whole thing? Okay. Is it a whole thing to take your cat to the the vet when you live in Manhattan? So
0: here's the good news. If you live in Manhattan, there's a vet within walking
1: distance. Okay. The bad
0: news is that the vets are all insanely expensive because you're in Manhattan. But Mm -hmm. as you know, again, it's, it's, it's a Manhattan inflation charge (laughs) basically like whether it's food or it's groceries or it's, or it's going to theater or it's going to a bar or it's going to the vet. um, All these things are astronomically more expensive. So Mm -hmm. that's the fun part. Um, And we have to drug her twice before we take her because she's, she's got a file on her. The vet fears her, Um, (laughs) which, you know, you never think it'll be your child. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. That's just, I have a vet down the street and I don't have any Mm -hmm. animals currently. I moved into a, a, a townhouse about five years ago and they said no animals i had a cat before that that i ended up donating to a friend but i was like thinking myself like if i ever needed a vet there is one right down the street and they're closing because they can't find veterinarians oh my gosh someone said that they just can't they've been looking for over a year for a new veterinarian in my area i live in maine and, and and they just can't figure it out so they had to close and they're moving they own a couple other offices they're moving some of their people to other offices and someone was like just call their offices and the problem is is that the Pets are so busy at other offices and they can't find yeah. them that There, people are afraid they actually aren't gonna be able to find a new doctor a new place to bring their animal and i said that's just scary i can't imagine that i'm like i can the lucky thing about me is i could just i have a two-year-old i can bring him to the doc there's a doctor for my <laughs> my kid i'm not worried about a doctor seeing my son
0: <laughs> and where are you based out i'm trying to remember uh,
1: bangor maine so like right 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 in the middle of maine so yeah right yep. there and Center main. And um, yeah, so it's 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 a rough thing, but I feel like every industry has something like this. And I just read an article in the paper. I didn't know it, but I read an article in the paper. I see the paper. I didn't actually pick up a paper. Let's not let's not go that far. I, I read an article online from the paper uh that they were saying that veterinarians in this area, there's just not enough of them. And I was just like, hmm. I feel like that would be – I don't know. I feel oh, like yeah. I've never heard that problem before.
0: <laughs> well, look, you've you have just basically put out a great uh, job wanted yeah. yes. uh, notice for everybody to be like, look, if you're a veterinarian and you yeah. want to get out of Manhattan, yes. um,
1: go I'm to I'm surprised Bangor, that didn't Maine. happen during the pandemic where people just tried to flee the city. They did. <laughs> they didn't be... try.
0: They just fled.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. uh- <laughs> Prices of st- houses in Maine skyrocketed because people were like, I want to get out of this crazy place. You stayed oh. around now. You stayed around. You know, that's all oh, that matters. Yeah,
0: no, we'll we'll be here. We'll be Matthew here. Fine, I, I grew up in Philadelphia. So I grew okay. up in a city. Um and I grew up in downtown Philadelphia. A lot of people say, Oh, I grew up in Philly, and they're like, Where? Yeah. You're like, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And I'm like, yeah, no,
1: that's not no nope.
0: not Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in a city, I've lived in a city my whole life. My my infinitely better half. She comes from uh Texas on the Arkansas border. And so like we I was there for four and a half months during the pandemic, and I yeah. couldn't sleep for two weeks. Because it was too quiet. Quiet, yeah. Like uh-huh. I need, I need a bum fight. <laughs> I need sirens. I need ambulances. I need people I, shouting.
1: Like I tell you what, though, if you did that for like a year, you probably then you went try to go back to Manhattan, it would probably be, would suck. Because I did that. I lived in downtown Bangor, Maine, which is not. Then it's a small town. It's small. It's a big city in for Maine, but small town in general across the country. And I lived right in downtown. And so, like my again, sirens, fire trucks. People fighting and yelling, bars letting out, all that stuff. And then I moved out to this, I live in the town next to it called Orrington, which is more of a country town. And (laughs) they're literally like, you go to bed at night and there's like, you turn the lights off in your house and you can't see jack anything because it's so dark and so quiet that i tried staying at places like on vacation we went to new york city actually in august of last year and it was like one of those things i was so glad we were so high up because i felt like we were actually able to get some some quietness because <laughs> i don't know if i would be able to sleep with all the traffic and then and we were upper you know upper west side so it was also less busy at night oh yeah it's been, a little
0: then, a little little bit more um yeah a little more residential on the upper west yeah, side yeah
1: so uh, it was pretty completely. nice my, my uncle has a hotel he works for a hotel company that hooked us up with a beacon over in uh, yeah? above the beacon theater over there. Dude, uh,
0: that's, that's a good time. that's a good part of town.
1: It was fun I'll too. And my, my uncle's hookup was uh freak <laughs> because we didn't my wife and I didn't actually get a honeymoon. Per se we Aww. went to Western Maine because we got married in August of 2020. We were supposed to go to Arizona well, and all that stuff. That, so that
0: would do it. Yeah.
1: And so my uncle felt bad a little bit. So we're like, well, we're going on vacation. Our first vacation since the pandemic, you know, started and da da It's like, I'll hook you up with a hotel. While we were there, the Friday we were in New York City. We tested positive for COVID. <laughs> like at the end of that week. It wasn't New York City, I'll promise, I'll tell you that. We 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 went to a swimming class with my son the Saturday before we left. And it sure. sounds like we got it there, and then obviously towards the end of the week we started feeling bad, and that's when we tested positive, and so on. So it was kind of sad in I, that sense.
0: But I got COVID over Thanksgiving oh, in fun. Texas, um, fr- from my mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, so like we living living in one of the most densely populated cities for <laughs> for, for the whole time, yeah. but I had to go down to Texarkana, Texas, and that's how I got COVID was and during over the course of thanksgiving week that is when we all had it um so hilarious that's the, that's like we, so we, we
1: wore our masks because it was august of 2021 2022 sure. so we like we're still like okay it's new york city we're from maine we don't know We just make sure we wear our masks most of the you time there.
0: people still wear masks out
1: there and we were just like the funny thing is we got it from maine before we left we knew that because yep. there's no way that we would have tested positive likely on friday of that trip if we and we wear a mask it's not like we were like getting it there but it was just kind of funny it was like oh we go to New York City and we basically brought it to New York City with <laughs>
0: yep how do <laughs> we always it in the first place yeah exactly um. right
1: but uh well welcome back to the podcast I'm really excited to have you on here and talk and, and obviously you have a, a a trade paperback coming out here in the beginning of July for crashing that's exciting uh it, it's less exciting that bookstores get it before comic book shops that's what I'm mad about <laughs>
0: uh unfortunately that is that is a little bit of the the model Uh um, yes
1: it is well, it tuesday it depends- is that how it is is it Tuesday? Too- i mean i was just earlier today for so this is episodes that comes out this week on wednesday uh, uh the sure. 14th uh, i talked earlier today around lunchtime with um charles soul and ryan brown about eight billion genies and that episode comes out in a couple of weeks their trade or their hardcover of that one is about a week apart so it was like 19th and the 25th or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. it, it was interesting to see that the tra- crashing trade it came out that way instead of like the 5th and then the following week uh, at bookstores. So it
0: all depends. I, I can tell you a little bit about that. So, so
1: you it, work in the industry.
0: <laughs> I do. Yeah. So so for, for those of you listening, my day job is um, I work for the U.S. Comics Market team at Penguin Random House. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I sell comics to comic book stores. That's what I do 9 to 6 every day. Um, so what ends up happening is that publishers have different contracts for direct market distribution, which is the comics shops Mm -hmm. and what we then call the book market distributors, which is Barnes Noble, BAM, you know, Amazon and what have you. And generally there's a difference. It could be anywhere from a week to a month and it all is dependent on the publisher. The publisher has, uh, you know, deals with those contracts. So for example, Um, We just took on Dark Horse, Mm -hmm. uh, distributing single issues and new release product to the comics market. Prior to this month, you could get all the same graphic novels from PRH as you would any other distributor. But it was on the book market schedule, Mm -hmm. which meant you would get it two weeks later than comic book stores. So but that's Dark Horse's terms. IDW, you get them in the book market a little earlier. So again, it's all publisher to publisher. It's all little wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, um, in that vein. So it's it's very it's very funny how that goes.
1: And I guess it's per publisher, and so on and so forth. And that and so you have you directly deal with is it Dark Horse you just said because you just got Dark Horse and Marvel as well. Uh, what other are yeah. there other companies that PRH uh, is distributing right now?
0: Oh yeah, we distribute about two hundred publishers. Okay, um, and they're they're all. And they're all available for comic book shops to order from, which is the really exciting things. But I mean, as far as single issue comics go, we have Marvel, we have IDW, we have Dark Horse. Okay. Um, but we also distribute graphic novels for those three and DC, um, Archie, Titan, but also then you get like Knopf. So if you yeah. want to get uh, Mouse, Pantheon in general, so you can also get Black Hole, Chris Ware. um and then we also do like Delray, Random House Worlds, the Little Golden Book line, yes. Rizzoli, DK Publishing. Um, but then you also get into like Del Rey, Ten Speed, and Clarkson Potter, uh, Wizards of the Coast, we also distribute. We have literally 200 publishers that comic shops can order from us that they didn't even have access to or from other distributors, which is mm-hmm. very cool. It's um, very cool. And my main right. job, like I, I tell every shop I work with, my job is to help you grow and expand. And because they've never had access or awareness that they had access to this breadth of product, we're really seeing shops evolve and, mm-hmm. and say, no, I want to get Mad Libs. I want to get sticker books. I want to get little golden books. We sell them by the rack. Yes, They're such sellers. Um, but also you're starting to see more comic shops are ordering like you know classic sci-fi prose books or the star wars prose books mm-hmm. and being like why are we letting barnes and noble have that customer we've given up the the direct market gave up so much ground especially manga my gosh mm-hmm. there's no reason barnes and noble should have more manga than a comic shop except yep. the comic shop said never mind we won't do this
1: mm-hmm. but
0: i always tell comic shop owners the book market is no problem poaching your customer from you So Mm -hmm. you should feel no worry about trying to poach them back. Um, And customers want to get as much stuff in one place as they can. So if they come to you and see, oh, here's my single issue, but oh, I can also get this little golden book. Oh, I can also get Laura Olympus. Oh, I can also get this uh, visual dictionary for DC Pride. Um, Mm -hmm. Great. I can do it all in one store and I'm supporting a local business. I will be thrilled to do that. And then they come back to you for more of that product. So that's what's really cool to see happening right now.
1: And so my my local comic book shop, Galactic Comic <laughs> Thing Collectibles in Bangor, Maine. Um, yeah? yeah. Originally had had signed up or tried to sign up for this is a this is a um, when when PRH started carrying Marvel, uh, yeah. they were like, okay, what's 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 sign up for PRH? This would be great, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but because he was so small and he was only open at night because he was working a full-time job during the day. All of his packages from Diamond and, and all that stuff got shipped to his house. But this is it's been it's been rectified. So don't don't think I'm complaining. Is that he no. was trying to get it and they did basically not to deny item but they said we cannot send it to that address because it's a it's a house, we have to send it to an actual book and mortar shop and da, 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 da. and he's like, Well, I can't receive packages because I'm not there. Long story short, he basically gave up. He was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'll just continue going. He goes, went through Diamond or whatever, and so on and so forth. And then I, I kept them reminding him. I kept them reminding him, like, guys, the, it's cheaper. You can buy it through PRH cheaper than you can through Diamond. And I said, just good. So finally, he's now full time. He quit his other job about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Muzzled he's full time in this shop. He can be there for deliveries, so on and so forth. He got it. He was so pumped because he had the hardest time getting like the last Ronin hardcover from from other distributor and he come to he, us he, we got them all yeah we got copies. them all he got he got two copies in he sold those two copies bought another three copies sold you know so on and so forth uh, same by thing 10 with mouse of the
0: time now my friend by time i was, of the time, I was like
1: mouse man you gotta have mouse in here he's like i can't <laughs> get it it's sold out sold out finally goes to pr you know signs the prh got it like that next week or whatever and i was like so pumped it's also i go to that shop weekly and I say, mm-hmm. I look up, you I can't really hard to see in the back of there. I got some of my Light of the Jedi, my my Star Wars books. I'm like, why am I not just buying these from you? Because he can get those now, too. That's and so, what I'm saying. It's so excited for it. He's so happy about that. And 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 it's, it's one of those things that he's uh, not annoyed, but he's. It, it makes more work on him having multiple publisher multiple multiple distributors to go through, but also in the end makes him more money and makes his customers happier. So it's a little bit more fun for him because he's like again the little golden books. I've got a two year old; he loves little golden books. I'm, yeah. like, I'm trying. I'm going through the catalog. Like, which what do I want to get? There's like,
0: fi- there's like fifty of a quarter yes. that come out. There's never gonna stop.
1: So no, and so it's really um, cool to have that. The,
0: did you get the little the the Taylor Swift little golden book? No, I did that's not get
1: that. Set no i did have something. him order uh the uh, little uh devil dinosaur and uh, moon yeah moon yeah, yeah yeah i was just
0: talking about that with an account right before yeah. i came on yeah um that one yeah that's exciting and it's you know look there there's i i everybody fears change yes right i i never use the word change here's my my little my little tip and trick i always use the word improvement mm-hmm. nobody likes change everybody likes improvement um it absolutely adds a bit more time and a bit more work having more distributors. And especially when you're a one-man band, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you're a smaller shop, it absolutely can add time in terms of ordering. But generally speaking, the longer you do it, the quicker it takes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's it's hardest and slowest and mo- most frustrating the first few months. Then it gets a little better, usually. We also, at PRH, we've been... Th- updating our functionality, our packaging, Mm. to make things easier, faster, more efficient. We're continuing to do that. So it actually will only get easier and more convenient the more time he's with us. Mm -hmm. But it's also that, but to your point, you can also buy more product, you can find more product, you can make more money, you can can expand and grow in ways that you didn't. But that's what happens when there's actual competition in a marketplace. Mm. It forces the distributors to work harder to get those orders and to offer better product. And so everybody wins at the end of the day there.
1: And I also think that one of the benefits, more recently, with with the news that Image is going over Lunar, is that with you got with with BRH having Marvel and IDW and Dark Horse, and then Lunar having DC, you know, and, and, and Image. And, and obviously diamonds still carrying books and, and so on that that it makes it a little bit easier when it was just one company going to another place like for example when DC went over to lunar it was like one company went over and when Marvel went to figure H, it was one and now it's like okay now I need these one or two companies it's harder for someone to take in but now that multiple companies are changing up how way they do things, multiple publishers, I should say, is it makes it a little bit easier. Okay, if I go to one place, if I go to PRH, I can now order multiple different publishers. If I go to, you know, Lunar, I can order well, and, multiple different publishers. So it makes it a little and, bit easier. And, he has to keep track of it, though, because I have been in the shop before. He's like, well, crap, look, I, I ordered a Mad Cave Studios book from from Lunar, but I also mm-hmm. ordered it from, from Diamond. And his mm-hmm. Lunar books for for like books like Mad Cave and Source Point and all those other smaller ones come a week later. And so he's always like, I get it in. And he's like, I thought I ordered that. And he goes, crap, I ordered it from Lunar. And so that part, he's still trying to figure out and navigate. But the benefit is, is if you go to one website to order, he can order multiple publishers, where if he had to go to one yes. website, like for example, if it was Marvel was the only one that had gone over, then he was like, well, I still can order it through Diamond. So I'm just going to order it through Diamond because it's easier. Now that he has more options and more well, reasons to go. Device. Yes, he's, he's incentivized. To get to you, exactly. Right?
0: But I mean, it's, uh, look, I... I, I, yes, he, it is up to the business owner to keep track of where his yes, orders yes, come from, yes. but he can absolutely work with his sales rep to help yeah. him get some ideas. I know who his rep is. His rep used to manage a very lovely store in Connecticut for, for a decade. So very used to it. I mean, the thing about it too, is I always tell comic shop owners, I'm like, look, you are, you're ordering from three book distributors and maybe 10 toy and gaming yes. distributors um, indie bookstores are ordering from 50 distributors and mm-hmm. have been for decades. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to a local indie bookstore owner and get, and, and that's not for me to say boohoo, cry me river. That is, go to your local business, your local indie shop owner and ask them how they do it. Like, there are people who've had to blaze this trail and can help you Um, it, who, who are doing it now and have been doing it. Like, it's not me being a smart aleck, it's me no. being like, yes. you can get help. Um because somebody I, also there's a I whole think most comic book stores
1: are also more organized. I, I this is no sled against indie bookstore owners, but I've actually been to multiple indie bookstores and I'm like the hell is going on? <laughs> There's organized uh, where you buy them, but they have these stacks depends. of
0: books. Of place. <laughs> it, it all depends. It all depends on on the store because a lot of yes. indie bookstore owners are one to one or two employees. You yes, know? exactly, so, and they, that's not. Like, a, so that's
1: not a slight against them. I'm just saying uh-huh. that if if a bookstore, like you know, Briar Patch in downtown Bangor is a bookstore that that we we love, and and, and Gibran, the owner, is a great friend of ours. Um, but his bookstore is chaotic, and he knows that, and it's just <laughs> he's a small store. He's a one man operation. And well, he always has a couple part timers, but you know what I mean. And uh, yeah. it, it's it's a little chaotic. Paul's shop, the Collective Comics, a little chaotic. It's a one man show, but yes, there is times. So luckily, with these independent, smaller publishers, he's ordering. A copy or two because we're a very small area so it's not like he's it's not like he's ordering 15 copies of a a cover a of a book and then and then realizing he already ordered 15 copies of it from a different distributor and now he's stuck with 30 copies instead of the 15 but yeah
0: and that's tricky that's trickier the small when you're a newer store especially part of what you learn is what you learn not to order yes like you don't you don't actually need to order one of everything like you really don't um it's it's it depends on the product line Mm -hmm. and you, but you've got to learn that. Right. Yeah. You know, so many so many people are so worried about missing out on a on a big hit that they forget to actually just look at their order numbers and mm-hmm. say, oh, but this is how much I need to order to actually make money. Great. Like, you, you know, don't you're not trying to win the lottery. You're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, and that's the speculation game. The speculation game is, yes, you're trying to win the lottery. It's the stock market Mm -hmm. that is not, that is not a bookstore. That is not a comic book store. Mm -hmm. Comic book store is like a mutual fund. You should be making seven, 8% a year. You're not trying to become rich off of, off of one series. That's not how it works. It's not sustainable. And you waste so much money sinking money into things that don't work for you, that don't work for your customer base. Mm -hmm. And that you could be spending that money on things that could work that you're not Mm -hmm. currently looking at. Right. And so but that takes time and that takes yep. experience and and he'll get there I mean yes. everybody does um but yes you you do not need to you should not order everything no. like if i opened a comic shop today it did not look like the comic shop I would have opened ten years ago.
1: Correct. Well, I mean, it's also almost impossible to order everything too, with 140 titles coming out a week. It's like when when he when he gets up to like 50 titles on his on his poll list for a week, he's like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of comics, and, yeah. and then and then covers all the covers. So luckily, the people who are regular, 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 regular people like myself, I look at previews catalogs, I look at the early stuff to say okay, for FOC, I'm going to want cover B or cover C or whatever. So he's not typically going to order that. He'll order a single copy of cover C, five copies of cover A, because he'll know it's sell. But he's like, well, maybe I won't order one of every variant cover. I mean, especially with something like Dynamite, he wouldn't be able to. It's not possible. No, no, no.
0: God, 25, <laughs> 25 covers of number one. But I mean, um, you know. 25 what you copies do- of number 10?
1: I, mean, I don't I know. Know what you're talking about. Every single issue has 25 copies.
0: What what he could do, uh, and what I would encourage him to do, and I'm I'm sure his rep will will yeah. tell him this. His rep is is Ben Gritz, who's the loveliest human being alive. But you know what he could do, what I would recommend is does he send out a newsletter every week and yes. say this is what's on FOC?
1: I, so that's what I'm trying to get him on, and that's one of those things where it's that. like because he does a weekly after he's already ordered, like the weekly like he puts it out Sunday for no, like what's going on. No, you it. So, send it out Friday. Yes.
0: Send it out Friday yep. of every week. Mm -hmm. Um, or Thursday of every week and say, you need to get those, you need to get these or your requests into me by Monday morning. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is on the public facing website of PRH, it's called Mm -hmm. PRH comics. He can literally download an Excel spreadsheet every single week that has every single book on FOC and it's got a quantity column. So he literally can just email that and say, fill in your number and send it back to me. Yeah. And that's it. So it's super well organized. It's in a spreadsheet and he doesn't have to play a guessing game at all. So I would highly recommend. I did not know we were going to go into uh, into the the FOC intricacies, but I love this. Well, he can actually do that.
1: So that's the funny thing about me too is I'm a huge comic book fan. I'm actually a huge comic book fan of the business too. It's not just uh, obviously being a a podcaster and and, and writer for for, for comic book stuff not only just the intricacies of how a comic book is made and all that stuff, but like how the business works and so on. So I have one of my good friends or podcasting friends, uh, David Harper, who runs off panel has multiple times a year has retailers on to discuss how comic books are being sold in the comic book stores and so on and so forth. And I was trying to go talk about like online stores and all this stuff that he has discussions about. It's like, it's not as easy as, in the comic book world, I think, with multiple publishers and multiple different uh, uh, retailers and, and, and distributors is to have a like a POS system that works perfectly. Like you always are going to have something that's like here and there. Something and will always right. be missing. Something yes. will always be lacking. And so there, there's and, always
0: going to be something you have to do a workaround on. Mm-hmm. And, and and we work with, you know, PRH works with all the, the yes. major POS uh distributors out the POS systems out there and none of them is perfect like I no. I've been as I told you the last time I was here I started as a retailer mm-hmm. then I went uh, in at Forbidden Planet in Manhattan I worked alongside Matthew Rosenberg Vida Yala, and Danny Lohr and Tyler Boss uh and Nick Philpot, all creators mm-hmm. working today uh we were all slinging books at the exact same time um, and then I went over to Valiant and I was uh, a sales rep. And then I worked my way up over the years to vice president of sales and marketing. So I worked with diamond. I've, i worked with the book distribution channels. I, I put together marketing campaigns. I went into over 250 shops all over the country, Canada and the UK. And I talked to every owner and I see how they hand sell, how they organize. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing out there because no two shops are exactly alike and there are a million ways to do it right. Yes. You know. But one universal truth is that there is a lack of standardization of data. Yeah. Um and and that there is um and that there is always going to be no POS system is a one size fits all mm-hmm. because every shop is so different and has a different way of operating, a different way of receiving, a different way of marketing. And you can do it. So POS systems will try and get as close as they can, but you're never going to find something that's 100% perfect. So don't look for it. Look for something that can get you 75% of the way there and you'll be good.
1: Yes. And it's one of those things I feel like most of these POS companies are really focusing on the wide variety and the majority of what they can sell things to. And comic book shops are not like towards the top of that priority either, though. So if you think about it, like they're not like there's two comic book shops in my like, hour radius of my sure. where i live and it's, so it's like but there's like 50 pizza places so like if if, if, right. if if there's something that fixes something for a pizza restaurant it's more likely that they're gonna fix that yeah, first and sure. they are gonna and, fix it and shop. that's
0: why like your your friend's shop i hope he's using yeah. comic suite or or comic hub or the new one managed comics like get get those pos systems that really do cater more towards Comics. Towards comics. Um, they're out there. They're getting better every year, mm-hmm. especially like Comic Hub's done amazing. Managed Comics mm-hmm. is going to be tremendous. And Comic Suites, the the industry leader. Yeah. Um, It's been around forever because it's run by Diamond. But but again, like they're they're not going to be perfect. Don't don't pretend they will be. Um, The good news is publishers are starting to recognize the standardization issues and starting to have those conversations and it'll take some time, but they're going to, they're going to get there. And we're, we're really excited. You know, I know PRH, some great folks over there are, are part of those conversations and are, we're always getting feedback. What's so cool. PRH talks to retailers every single day. We want feedback. We listen to them. We, we then put it into practice with things that we do. It's incredibly cool uh, to be part of something like that. And we're just growing. We're only two years, not even yep. into distributing comics, like where we're going to be when we're at 10 years, when we're at 20 years, that's going to be scary, scary. <laughs> cool.
1: You're gonna still going to be there, right? You're going to be running the company. <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, look, I'm not going to lie. And, and we can get, we can get into this conversation because it's been, it's been discussed <laughs> on social media this, this past week, especially yeah. I, I have a day job. Yes. Um, My day job, they treat me incredibly well. I get great health insurance. Um, I have steady income that allows me to live. And using, because that is my base, it is going to afford me the opportunity to make comics. Yes. Um, Without a good day job, I don't think I could try and and make comics. It's very expensive, especially because I can't draw. So I have to hire artists, which gets to be very expensive. I know people who are investing in image books and they invest 30 to $40,000 upfront to get things created. And it's 30, $40,000 and half of that is on a credit card, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're, they're paying interest on this. They're getting loans for this. Um, So, you know, having a good day job, I'm a big believer that if you're, if you're getting into the industry, get a day job, have a day job while you are trying to build your career Mm -hmm. and time manage from there. And so I'm very fortunate. I'm at Penguin Random House. I've told this to my boss. I don't mind sharing it here. I have no problem being here until I retire. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be here for 30 more years until I'm 66. And then maybe they'll force me out. Um, Obviously, when Crashing becomes a hit TV show. Yeah. um, And the the following book becomes, you know, a big blockbuster movie. Then sure, maybe. Well, then you'll move to part-time. That's all. Yeah, then I'll I'll just be part-time. That's fine. Well, I, mean, um, I I
1: agree with you there because I mean, as much as people look at things like you know big podcasts like the Joe Rogan podcast and things like that, and your big your comic book bigger you know comicbook dot com and comic book resources and all that stuff, it's like running a small uh, uh, podcast in. in, in Source for comic books is obviously not super profitable, or profitable no. at all. But I believe that, like, I have a good day job with Orin Brewing Company. I'm a creative director there. I'll be there again until the day I die. They give me the freedom, the flexibility of doing what I need. Yep. And, you know, I, if I needed to take off early to do something or whatever, it makes it makes sense for that and so on That's and so great. forth. And and so the same thing there. It's like I have health insurance, I have vacation time, I have all this other benefits yeah. in that sense too. And uh, you know, and so there is that sense of you know the raw the difference between like comics are being creative and things like shark tank where you look at shark tank and they're like did you quit your job yet to make this a full-time job or your thing it's a little and different than you don't have, to. You it's don't have to yes the, the, it's a little you're talking different. about
0: the top one percent of one yeah. percent of people can make a full-time really lucrative living mm-hmm. off of comics yes the top one percent of one percent
1: as mm-hmm. creators um and, most and of those time, people that are in the middle there are the ones that are making are are are, are well, not forced to, but like forced to make ten titles at a time and work yeah. on three or four comic books at a time. Absolutely. And so on and so forth. I was Gee, just listening to a podcast the other day that Donnie Cates, at one point with Marvel had seven books going. It's yes. like he had three books a, go- a month, basically, having to come out every every month. And it's like, that's a lot to do. I mean, as a well, writer, I'm... it's a little bit different than if an illustrator is trying to draw a it's page a, every day. Different. It is tight, of tight, 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 a bit different there. Um, But still, mm-hmm. it's still three different universes you have to – I mean, I say universes. Marvel Universe is one universe, but you know what I mean. It, it, three different books to live in and, and put your mind around and wrap your mind around every month. And it's like he's – not forced to because again donny gates is in the upper echelon of those can work as a living for that but like just the idea that you have to you have to basically come up with a book right now you did crashing you could be in your mind and in your papers and your computer working on the next crashing i do i've got i've got
0: three i've got two pitches with idw uh one i owe to my editor i'm trying to get her the next draft of it tonight Um, And then uh, another one that she's been waiting on for a couple months, but I got sidetracked by this other one that she now likes. Um, And then, you know, who knows if there's a crashing sequel. We'll see if that goes. But it's you know. But it's, in the meantime, you time.
1: can you can wait. You can do this. You don't have like crashing number five dropped. Uh, what was it uh, back in January? And, and January. your 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 next. I think to use the word crashing, but your next book didn't drop in February. Do you know what I mean? Like you have no, this time no. to to do this because you have a full time job, which is, is the crashing is the fun it's a part. Blessing. Yes, it's it's well, a blessing. Not that your job's not fun, but you know what I mean. It's an additional and, fun part.
0: <laughs> and look, it, it's so hard for artists because artists are putting in those eight to 12 hour days yeah. for sure, trying to meet deadlines. Uh, colorists are unsung heroes mm. as well as the letterers. Letters, too. Yep. I, mean, I mean, letterers are doing 20 books a month, some of them. Mm. Like it's it's um, unbelievable.
1: And if you think um, about it, if you look on the market, I mean, you have, I mean, Hassan lettered your book, right? Yep. Again, and, and like
0: 20, 20 books a month. That man does it's,
1: like 20 but, Well, let's think about it. There's like, six letters that you see too that's the other thing about it it's not just like not. That, there is definitely more than that but you know what i mean like you look at it and i, I can name I'll tell you what people that are on breaking, a lot of books if i was
0: breaking in the comics i'd look into being a letterer because mm-hmm. you know what everybody needs a letterer and letterer. you know who they're very few of letters
1: but also i've had because two letterers. on here and two of them are like on a bunch of dc hopkins has been on the podcast yeah. and so is justin birch and they're on half the books you've got You've got Hassan yeah. on half the books out there. They're, You've got, you know, Michael Myers old. is up there now. Like it's insane how many times these people are seen in books. It's the incredible. Trick, though, incredible.
0: The trick though is letter letters are the are one of the lowest page rates. Yes, for for them. So that's why they have to do twenty mm-hmm. books a month. um Then come colorists. Then come uh, artists, interior artists. artists yeah. Um, oh, and and writers are depending on who you are, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're Scott Snyder, you're going to have one rate. If you're Matthew Klein, you've got a very different rate. Um, Wait, they pay Colin you? Bunn, you have another rate. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, but even even Snyder, when he was writing yes. Batman, he was still teaching college. Yes. You know, like that's the thing is like, you know, I was I was having this conversation with with uh, my better half was a friend that is getting some some lovely uh, prose books published but they're not making enough that they can live on. Mm -mm. And it's like, no, you've got to, you've got to, now you've got to use that to get a teaching job. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to use that to start writing workshops. You've got to use that to start life coaching stuff for creators. Like, like we all have to have a side hustle. It's incredibly hard to stay in the career full time um, and be super lucrative in there. And that's why a lot of really successful people in comics have another hustle to them they have a day job of some kind or they did for many 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 years until they reached the point where they could afford to go full freelance yeah. it's very different
1: and some and of them full I, I time full time gigs at a is, very uh, young age uh,
0: yes um with the industry
1: well for some of people's full time job too is traveling to conventions and that just takes you away if you're yeah. if you're going to uh, you know conventions and things like that to to sell some to sell but that's another uh, revenue stream yeah,
0: yes you know the the cool thing about being an artist, and this is where I think it's it's more challenging for letterers and colorists, is artists. You can sell the originals, mm-hmm. you can sell commissions, um, you can also sell the books at 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 conventions. They they have multiple ways to make that stream. But that in and of itself, that's a lot of time. You're mm-hmm. you're, you're investing in. You have to build up a web store without yeah. question. You have to build up a social media brand um but you can do it you know it's it's just work and you have time manage that with when you're actually making the books Mm -hmm. um and then again like that's where like colorists it's trickier colorists are are in a whole different ballpark there but you can do it you but you have to diversify your income you have to diversify your income streams um and it's very challenging like i've i've just started doing some tabling at conventions um but I can't because I don't have a lot to offer yet.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, you just go, up, you know, like on the office when they had that one one piece of paper. They go, to do the uh, the 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 job fair and they bring that one piece of paper, put it on the table. That's Matthew's table at a convention. It's just yeah. the crafting number one on the table. <laughs> soon as be the crafting well, trade right in the middle of the table. No, so I'm,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm also doing I'm also doing a web comic now on yes. Topos. Um, with it's called uh, the Rhyme Scheme. It's on yep. Topos right now. Chapter seven came out last week. Chapter eight this week. Uh, Go read it. It's free. Two minutes of your time. But one of the things I'll do is like I will I will work with my artists, get it formatted and we'll do a printing. Right. Mm. So I'll have the crashing trade paperback. I'll have a crashing New York Comic Con exclusive. I'll have this and then I'll go get a pin made of some funny catchphrase. Yes. And then I'll have four items that I can sell at four different price points. Mm. That's what I'll end up doing, you know, but. The comic and on I'm top gonna... is
1: beautiful, by the way. I know, before you go any further on that, the, the Ryan oh. scheme—who who drew it? Who, who's the illustrator in
0: that? Oh, so oh, so thank you, first of all, for taking a look at it. So yeah. it's um, it's an artist named uh, Rich Wazicki. Um, Rich and I worked together at Forbidden Planet. That's how we met. That's how we've awesome. each other all years. Um, I love his art style. He's just improving in leaps and bounds. He's another guy that's really been getting on the convention circuit out there. I highly recommend folks. Ah, uh, check him out. He's got a web store. He's got a he's a fun follow on social media, and he's hitting the pavement. Um, yeah. he's done a, a wonderful job on this web series with us. It's just like a hard edge, hard boiled noir set in like 1990 Philadelphia. Just mm-hmm. if you want, if you want a, a really cool detective story, shut your brain off, have some fun. That's that's all rhyme scheme is. And it's the second one. We did one called No Rhyme or Reason with the same character. We're gonna try and do this like once a year, uh, a ten week adventure so to speak and you know who knows maybe someday a publisher will like it and want to contract us and do it but it's but as a writer if i don't have another book lined up with a publisher okay i will create something i will pay for it myself i will pay to get it published and then i will try and sell it at conventions or online and that's my next revenue stream that's what i have to do um and then i can also try and find a few shops that will buy 10 copies on consignment or whatever Mm -hmm. um and that's what you do as a writer. That's that's how you have to make it work. Could I do that full time and, and live? No, no. I absolutely need a day job. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that because in the creative arts, you can get successful at 15 or 50. You yes. can get successful at 15 and then flame out and then get re-successful at mm-hmm. 45. It's the beauty. It's not like athletics where I'm going to peak physically um, and then I'm done. So that's the, that's the nice thing the creative field is at least a little bit more of a marathon, but okay. you've got to look for it. You yes. can't just rely on one thing to get you there. Mm-hmm. And they don't teach that in a ton of curriculums, which I wish they did. Yes.
1: You kicked it off though. I mean, the way I learned about you and the way that uh, we, you know, we connected in the first place with, with, with crashing, uh, which came out in September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. September. Uh, and it's a five issue ministers at IDW you did with Morgan yes. beam, uh, Colors, yeah. Tri- Triona? Triona,
0: Triona Farrell. Yeah. yeah. Triona uh, obviously
1: Farrell. Hassan is the, uh, letterer. And then our, one of our favorite people in the world uh, of comic books are your editor, Heather Antos, uh, who has been, also been one on the podcast. My- she one of my
0: favorite people in the world period. Yeah. Let alone yes.
1: Comics. Yes, but, yeah. exactly. So, um, that's, that's, it's an awesome series. It like, gets cool way to Thank jump you. in there. Morgan's artwork is stunning as always. And, 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 you know, when you came on before Morgan had joined us as well, uh, which mm-hmm. is nice as well. So, so if you want to go back to listen to episode 68, uh, we Please have do. that on there and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's addiction versus superheroes. It's, it's a five issue mini series. So very easy to conquer for people. Uh, I, you know, not want to get into the discussion of trade waiting, but if you were trade waiting, your time is now because it is up- up- upon oh, you.
0: <laughs> I see. Here's the thing: the way the industry is right now, it's a five issue mini series. It's brand yeah. new IP. It's a creative team that most people haven't heard of yet. So yeah, you're gonna pick up issue one, and then you're gonna wait. Mm. Now is the time. I've mm. got I've got signings lined up in seven different states over the summer. Um, to promote this thing and I think I think we're gonna really find our home as a trade paperback like this is probably the ideal format for it mm-hmm. um, and I'm very excited I always tell people it's like the medical drama of house meets uh the gritty social superheroes of the x-men like that's how that's how I like to describe it you follow Rose Osler she is a doctor who treats superheroes by day moonlight's treating supervillains, and is trying not to relapse after being seven years sober Because what she's really addicted to is to saving everybody but herself. Mm -hmm. So it's a first responder story. It's an addiction story. It's got some really cool topical um, social and political undercurrents to it. It creates a huge fun world that we have tons more stories. If we want to revisit, we can play with. Um, So please get it out. It's everywhere July 4th. Um, And depending on where you are, you might see me. Um yes. so by all means, well, man, there's 52
1: there's 50, 50 states there's seven you know that's that's a pretty good portion of the states you're going to be in right there. You know, obviously you're not well, going to Alaska, weirdly. right? No, not, not going to Hawaii. So that's only 48. Uh, I know you're not coming to Maine. So that's only 47. <laughs>
0: Talk to your guy. Have a reach out. We could set. We could try and set
1: something up. Well, so I actually think but we have a convention in April, which I always thought would be would be a great. I'm trying to get some people up there. Actually, uh, earlier on the podcast that comes out in a couple of weeks, which people will listen to, is uh, David. I'm sorry, um, um, Ryan Brown and, and Charles Soul said that if they if we can get if I can get Andrew Devoff to come from Wishmaster to the convention so I could work with my friends because there was a one in 10 variant for 8 Billion Genius number one that had Andrew Devoff on the cover of it. He's like, we haven't met him yet. We've only met him via emails and through his agent and stuff like that. He goes, if you can get him as a guest at the convention, you've got us too. So I was like, there we go. Get those three there. We got you there. There we go. No, it's great. It'd be great because it's a convention. Having it in a local comic book shop is always great too, but you have this confined small amount of people who who will be willing to do something and come. Where at a convention, it's even better because there's thousands of people there that had the opportunity. Someone walked by your table, oh my gosh, what's this thing? And, and obviously Morgan's artwork will draw right in. The name is great. Oh, okay. We talked about the logo on the first on the first uh, time you so came good. on. Beautiful so logo there, and uh, you know it's based in New England, which is which is even mm-hmm. better because those people who were from New England. which is funny because you are you live in New York, but you base it in New yeah. England. well i
0: thought i thought boston i thought boston was a great town to to base it in because it's a working town like they're known for work ethic they're known for you know you don't cry you don't go to therapy you just work um it's it's what you do and and also for the political stuff that we have in the comic about um where they are they're literally trying to create the first legislation nationally to restrict essential rights for people with powers who refuse mm-hmm. to register. Um, when you look at political revolution and upheaval and and to some extent, more conservative politics, depending on on the topic, yeah. Boston really felt like an awesome fit for it. Um, this, this spirit of something big and something new is happening and brewing. Uh, Boston just was, was an awesome fit. And I've never been to Boston, I really wanna go. Um, I'm a huge history junkie, so I've, I've really gotta get up there at some point. It's Um, not that far. It's
1: a nice, nice little John up here. It's not bad. I I used to live in in, Boston for, yeah. I used to live right, like right four, outside Boston hours. for about 10 years, and, and it's a great spot. And and that's why I, yeah. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Also, the funny thing is, if you think about it, you know, obviously you work daily with the Marvel comic books uh, company and see that. So that's New York. I mean, if you think about it, it's New York where, where the superheroes live. It's always nice to have this idea that there's some superheroes from another city, and that's yeah. Boston. And so if you think about it, if, if Crashing technically lived in the same universe as the Marvel universe, these are just the superheroes that live in Boston. Those exactly. Spider-Mans, we're, they we're live in- Yes, up the road that's all yes. yeah exactly they just they just, just don't see each 95. other after. yes exactly um, just, uh, you know so like it's just kind of funny it's nice to see that that separation that difference in the idea sure. that, and i and i always think well, that was a another theory, reason everybody that
0: stuff in new yes, york you yes, gotta yes. go somewhere else like i i wanted to do philly i thought about doing philly because i'm from philly but yeah. i was like yeah it's too on the nose like yes. boston really is the better is the better they've got
1: vampires there i mean rodney barnes has created vampires in philadelphia so you don't want to do so uh but no we uh it, it's just it, it this it's i Got to stop saying this because now I feel like I'm also uh, going to put up a review of Minor Threat's Uh, uh, first trade paperback and their superhero stories. And it's funny because I was like, it's so hard to come up with a new superhero story. And I'm like, I got to stop saying that because people are crushing them now. Like there's some really good ones out there. I mean, Tony Fleece and and Tim seeley has got their local man. You've got this. Uh, minor threats is great. We just, it was just kind of funny. I mean, public domain, public domain's amazing. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta stop saying that it's really hard to break in with a superhero story and not being a big two when it's you guys are are making me feel wrong. It's all
0: about the lens, man. It's all about the angle. Like, like for me, this is not a superhero story. This is an addiction story, Mm -hmm. but it's an addiction story set within a world of superheroes, right? So for me, that's where it is first and foremost. And the superhero comes it's additive of the story but it's not the whole story right mm-hmm. so it's that's all how you approach it that's all about how you approach yeah. it where you find your way in um to the world as it were
1: so. it, and it, so it, it's the it, you mentioned it it's like the walking dead is a zombie story but not really it's not really about the zombies it's about it's the not people a zombie. living yeah. a,
0: it's, it's it's a survivalist it, story yes. with yes. zombies it's it's, it's, a, it's a meditation on the worst instincts of human condition yes. Mm -hmm. with zombies in it like the zombies are not the story the zombies are the dressing they're the set dressing
1: same thing with the last um, of us. last of us was the same way that last of us is absolutely. a story about people. Uh, I try to explain to people Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is an absolutely wonderful show. I don't like soccer. It it's not about soccer. Soccer is a vessel to move the train forward. It's not the actual like you see soccer no. and you see it being played. but there's so much more to it. They're at the bar. They're in his apartment. they're in the office. They're it, you know
0: it's the difference between plot and story.
1: yes. um
0: the plot is what happens. Mm -hmm. the story is the journey of why something is happening and who it is happening to. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite examples is uh, basically like, I I can't even think of one right now, but like, if, if I were to tell you the walking dead, let's stick with the walking dead. If somebody says, Oh, the walking dead is about a group of people uh, from the zombie apocalypse who are trying to survive and have to kill zombies and figure out how to live in this in this post-apocalyptic world. I would say no, it's not. You just mm. described the plot. Yes, What is the story? The story the story is about found community trying to create their own settlement. You're trying to take disparate parts of society mm. and create its own uh, new society. And the question is, can humanity evolve beyond its basest impulses and yes. instincts? That is the question it's asking. That is the story yes. of The Walking Dead. The plot has to do with zombies. Yes. But the story has nothing to do with zombies.
1: And I, I think is, it's,
0: that is the difference.
1: One thing you could say about like, things like The Walking Dead or, or any of these things, you could almost kill and, 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 and send yourself into a post apocalyptic world with a zombie apocalypse and then kill sure. them all off. And not have a single one of them around anymore and still see some of the, the, the storylines that happened yeah. in The Walking Dead because it has nothing to do with them. They just can't leave the walls of where they are because they're afraid to get bitten or someone gets bitten and dies and so on and so forth. So it's like you could
0: leave you could leave the zombies off page. Yeah. The entire series. And it which was what working.
1: Last of Us mostly is. If you watch the Last of Us TV show, there's very few of their zombies in the show. It's just you see yeah, here the and last- there, but it's a, it's a, you know.
0: The last of us is about a father and daughter. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about, it's about family. It's about the bond between a father and daughter in a time of crisis. Mm-hmm. And he is, it's about a man who failed to protect one daughter
1: mm-hmm. and
0: now is, is trying to redeem himself and protect uh, the daughter. He never expected to have again. Mm-hmm. It's about a second chance at fatherhood. That is what the last of that's the story of the last of us. Um, and and realizes that in order, and and realizes that in order to protect her, he will do things he never thought he would possibly do. It, do. Yes, um, and that is the story of The Last of Us. And then you get into oh, it's about this guy who ends up dealing with this daughter who's a cure for zombieism, and they go across the country to some mythical place. That's the plot. Yes, that's just the plot. I'm not telling you the story. I'm telling you the what happens. Yes. I'm not telling you the why it happens. Um, and in relation
1: to, in relation to crashing, it's sure. the addiction is the is the story and what what your main character has to deal with because of by day, you know, helping and working in a hospital multiple hours a day with very little sleep, very little rest caffeine all day i mean you explain that in the first couple of pages and um, her cups of coffee and when she takes them and stuff and so on and so forth and then also having to fulfill something at night by helping the supervillains and, and, and fixing them up as well as dealing with an addiction and how the stress of our lives of having to do this by day and this by night may cause you to relapse into a addiction that you you were sober for for a while and and that's the that's what the superheroes are just the vessel. To get the story yeah. going, and, and I, I it would be a very it would be a very boring book for me if there it wasn't would. this. <laughs> it be, it would mean, be like look, a manual on addiction instead of an there, actual comic book. There's
0: a million there's a million ways to tell the story, but I always I always think of crashing as the story about a woman who is addicted to saving everyone else at the expense of herself, herself. because she doesn't believe and doesn't know how yes. she can be saved. Yeah. Um, and is the story of how she learns. The importance of putting herself, of taking care of herself. Um, it's about self-care. I always mm-hmm. say to people, "What is crashing about?" It's about self-care, um, and it's it's in a it's set within a profession that is incredibly high pressure, which is being a doctor, especially being a, a surgeon. It's unbelievably high pressure. Um, the smallest mistake you could kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you literally have life and death in your hands every day add, that is huge responsibility. And so the question is when your job is to help everybody else, but you don't know how to ask for help and you don't believe you deserve help. That is Rose's journey of what mm-hmm. she has to learn as a character. That is where we start with her. And I think that's very relatable. I think, I you think know, so too, yeah. inspiration was the pandemic was watching doctors give testimonials about going into a circumstance every day for 12 hours a day where they didn't know if they could save the people that they were treating. It was unbelievably overwhelming and they're having panic attacks mm-hmm. in their cars. They're they're starting smoking. They're losing weight. They themselves are wasting away and they are feeling the stress and the pressure and no one's there to help them. Yeah. And that was, that was the inspiration for the main character for Rose is this everyday hero who has the power of life and death over people who are on paper way more powerful than she is and the pressure that that puts on her. Um, And the addiction is a whole other monkey on her back that, that she fights to keep from controlling her and that she doesn't realize is controlling her way more than she admits. Mm -hmm. And that is really where we start with her. And that is the basis and the Genesis for it. And that's super relatable, whether you're a doctor, whether you're in construction I mean, just whether if you have poor work-life balance or you feel like there are times where you can't get your head above water, you can relate to Rose. Like, that mm-hmm. is her journey.
1: Yes, and and it's available. She's just five-issue mini-series from IDW. Uh, yes. And you can get it at bookstores on July 4th and comic book shops on July 5th. FOC is over, but still tell your local call, like be kind and let them know, hey, I want a copy. First of all, most LCSs or bookstores will put it on hold for you when it comes yes. in. If you can't get to the day you know it comes out, yep. most are like it's a guaranteed sale. You know, put it on there, put it on the shelf, so on and so forth. I and that's how you
0: support people. Yes, you I sadly do this at my bookstore all the time.
1: You see, and my bookstore so. owner won't tell, won't charge me until. I go get it and I'll be like six weeks later, like, Oh shit, I got a book at the bookstore. And I'll walk in there and he's like, You kidding me right now? Like, sorry. I almost did that. So, so uh, uh Daniel Krause is, is yeah. a friend of the podcast and stuff like that. He has a book coming out in August, uh uh whalefall. Uh and, and he sent me a single copy of it, but I needed another copy for someone else uh at my office. And uh my local bookstore is like, I've got an extra one. So I'm like, Daniel, do you mind if I no problem? So he put it on hold. I felt bad because the the bookstore had a flood. And so they're, like, doing curbside pickup only because they're trying to, like, you know, obviously. And I felt bad because I'm like, I didn't know other books that I needed to get. So I'm like, I need that advanced reader copy of Whalefall that I'm not paying for. And I get that. I felt so bad I wasn't supporting the shop. <laughs> but it is what it oh, is. My- and I'll, I'll support Gibran and the Briar Patch in the future. But, like, I was like, ah, it's okay. I, my wife was helping in, 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 in trying to find my copy because I have one around here somewhere I need to read. Um, but we're uh, we're we're hopefully doing a beer with him actually. So uh, my brewery Ooh. that I'm working with, we're doing a whale fall beer that hasn't fully been announced. But this is a little glimpse, and I'll find out from people if they actually listen to this episode. That they found out about this on this episode. So um, but yeah. <laughs> but crashing, it was it was excellent. I hate to, to right. cut this down and, and just, just just end this here, but I've got to get going nope. here pretty soon. Is crashing is excellent. You can grab it at your local comic book shops. And honestly, no matter where you buy it, I hate to say you know, big shops, small shops, obviously support your local shop, but no matter where you bought it, buy it. It helps uh Matthew and Morgan and those the team, the creative team, it helps show people at IEW, that people like the comic book and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, your whole creative team on that thing. Again, you, Morgan, Triona, Hassan, Heather, all those people are great people. So you want to support those people as well. Uh, and hopefully we're looking forward to more from you, man. I mean, I'm excited to see what's coming up next, uh, uh, you know, down the pike and so on and so forth. And obviously sounds like Heather uh, is going to listen to some pitches from you and, and hopefully get some stuff, get some stuff made. We'll see.
0: Only if it's great. Heather you know, doesn't make great. bad books. So only no. if it's great. It's great. Um, yeah. And, and can I plug the some of the signings I'm doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank
0: you. So um, so we're I'm embarking on a really ambitious signing tour on July 8th. That'll be the first signing I'm doing. It's gonna be a Brave New Worlds in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I'm going back to my hometown. Uh, July 12th, I'm gonna be from 5 to 7 p.m. at Forbidden Planets. So my super my comic book origin story, as it were, uh, going back to where it all began, the shop that I used to work at. Then uh, July 22nd, I'm going to be at Eastside Mags in Montclair, New Jersey. August 5th, I'm going to be in Matawan, New Jersey at The Geekery. August 11th, I'm going to be at uh, Greenville, South Carolina for Borderlands Comics and Games. August 12th, I'm going to be making the rounds for, I think, four Ultimate Comic Shops in Raleigh and Durham, North Carolina. Tremendous places there. July 15th, I'm going to be in L.A. at Golden Apple Comics. Um, So definitely keep your eye on that one. They are one of the best uh, in that area at doing these wonderful events. Please come out. Uh, I'm going to be bringing a couple extra special prints that aren't available anywhere for people. The first couple people who come in the line will be able to get a signed print. Uh, We'll take photos, ask me all about the industry, ask me what it's like to create a comic, ask me how I went from slinging comics to writing them to selling them. Uh, I'll be happy to share with you all the tips and tricks I've got. And just come say hi. And there are more signings in the works. Um, we'll be posting about it soon.
1: So Absolutely. I mean, go, go see your creators, meet them. We talked, I don't remember, it was before we started recording, we talked about meeting people like George Perez I met. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. And, and one of the things I will say is that when you meet someone in person, for some reason, when you meet them in person, you get a book signed or talk to them about the book, the book you're reading means so much more. If that makes any sense, like it's subconsciously, you're just like, this book means more to me. It, it's a better story to me because you met the person. So go out to these places. It also supports local. I mean, it, it, you know, Matthew, you can buy your book anywhere comic books are sold. But if you can support your local shop and you'll be there, like Forbidden Planet or or Ultimate Comics yeah. or so on, it's really cool to see that too. And, and I'm glad you're going to those shops because the local comic book shops really appreciate it too, you know, so. Absolutely. So yes. come
0: say hello, support the book, support local business, uh, and let's just
1: have some fun.
0: Yes, like that's absolutely. The beauty of it. It's comics. Have fun.
1: So let celebrate July Fourth week by reading Crashing. How about that? That's a little leave it at that. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for coming on, talking Crashing, uh, PRH stuff, comic book industry stuff and all that stuff. We'll definitely have you back more. We'll do one episode sometime in the future that's literally just talking about the world of comic books. We won't won't even mention that you do comics. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully we'll be able to promote your next comic. That's what I want to do. So
0: Uh, at the very least, uh, hopefully we'll promote uh, the rhyme scheme and its sequel maybe. So you can go find that on Thomas Tapas as well right now for free. So. yes
1: absolutely thank you very much uh, matthew enjoy the the rest of them and hopefully the weather and the the, the cloud of smoke and, and and stuff is gone from new york city
0: oh long gone long okay gone. good it's good. all good
1: i say breathe easy but it's still new york city so <laughs> thank you matthew
0: thanks justin
1: That was Matthew Klein, writer of Crashing over at IDW. Check out the trade paperback coming to a local comic book shop or bookstore to you July 4th at bookstores and July 5th at local comic book shops. Be sure to follow Matthew Klein on social media. Search right on there for Matthew Klein, as well as visit his comic book over at Tapas. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and and, and Instagram, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and all your major podcasting platforms. Just search for Capes and Tights. Thanks, everybody.